Hi and welcome to another episode of the Glam Reaper podcast. I'm your host Jennifer Muldowney aka the Glam Reaper herself and on today's episode we talk to the grief coach Emma and she's going to tell us how she uses technology and something that we use every day to help the bereaved. Let's get away. Welcome to another episode of the Glam Reaper podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Muldowney, and today I have a lady called Emma Payne with me. And Payne might be her last name, but, and I'm sure she's heard this before, but she is working on easing that for others. And so I'm very excited to welcome this guest, Emma, and she's doing lots of work actually in the UK and Ireland. So I think she's going to be interesting to all our listeners on either side of the Atlantic. So welcome, Emma. Thank you for having me. Really pleased to be here. Great. So tell us what, tell us a little bit about you. Um, you know, if nobody knows who you are um, or what Grief Coach is, tell us exactly what it is about. What on earth I'm up to? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's actually really funny about the last name. In all the interviews I've done, no one said that, but you're right about that. That's <laughs> Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> I had thought about it because I have a friend, Katrina, who is doing work in green burials and also is quite well known in her work. And her last name is Spade. Yes. She's in burials. So we have to joke about Katrina Spade and Emma Payne. But <laughs> um, so, yes, let's see. I so six years ago now, my friend died and I was um part of his is his sort of six month terminal diagnosis was with him when he died and he had asked me to speak at his funeral and I of course agreed to do that um but it was a a difficult ask because he was the best friend and also the second cousin of my husband who had died a decade prior by suicide so essentially what I had agreed to do was fly across the country and stand in front of hundreds of people many of whom I hadn't seen or heard from in a long time since I, since my husband had died. Um, but it ended up being a really positive and quite profound experience because I essentially spent all the way through the pub night and everything else essentially spent 72 hours with people saying, Oh my goodness, Emma, I'm so sorry. I didn't reach out. I wanted to, but I wasn't sure what to say. I didn't know anybody who died before this kind of thing. So, I, and at that point in my career, I had spent about 20 years building web and mobile applications for things like um, suicide intervention work, um, getting young people registered to vote. So I believed very much in the power of mobile technology to help with behavior change. And so when I was flying back from the funeral, I just thought, this is ridiculous. I mean, I spent 10 years not hearing from the people I would have liked to hear from. And a hundred people spent a decade genuinely feeling badly that they would failed me, that they mm. hadn't done what they wished, feeling awkward and embarrassed that they hadn't known what to do when their friend's husband died. Yeah. Um, so on my, on my plane back to Seattle, I actually mapped out all of what grief coach would become fully assuming that by the time my plane landed and I got on Wi-Fi, I would see that it already existed. Um, but it didn't. So yeah, started building it off the side of my desk, quit my job in 2019 and have been doing it full time. And so Grief Coach is a text messaging platform. We deliver direct expert grief support to 
people who are grieving, customized based on all sorts of things, cause of death, age, relationship. So if your husband died in a car accident, different message than if your mom died of cancer and so on. But every subscription includes um, gentle coaching tips, date reminders for friends and family who want to help and might not be sure how. And so that's why my sort of beginning story matters because I'm certainly proud that we're giving great support to grievers, but I think the real magic is when we send those tips and reminders to the people who want to help and just don't know how. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that's what we're doing. Yeah, it's a... Um... It's a great service and it's not in some ways dissimilar to my own story um, because what what the catalyst for me was getting into it was um, two friends of mine who passed away and while they were my friends and I was dealing with more mortality, they were also siblings of my best friends. And so mm. while I was dealing with my grief, I was dealing with also another form of grief, which was how to support a, a mm. best friend and, and be there and um, I remember one of them, I put together a care package and I, you know, I drove halfway across, okay, the country in Ireland, not, that wasn't a huge <laughs> deal. It's like driving from New York to not even Boston, but anyway, I drove uh, halfway across the country um, with the package and, you know, it meant the world to my friend. And I guess in some ways I'm lucky um, insofar as I just, obviously, because I now do what I do, but I had that um gene or whatever we want to call it that empathy I just knew what to do at the right time I'm lucky insofar as I didn't know what to do I just went with what I felt was right and what yeah. they might have needed in the moment um so I definitely think there you know it's not just the immediate family that grieves it's it's the wider community and 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 they oh. don't know and I find with like on Instagram and, and a lot of the the funeral accounts that I follow you know, they'll say, uh, don't say this, don't say, I'm sorry for your loss. Don't say, don't say, and you know, all of don't, 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 but there's not that many out there that are do do. And this is encouraging. And this is, and some, some of them are great. And some of them are, are not so great. Um, and I guess you have to apply them to your own personal situation, but so how does the subscription work? So say for example, and my poor parents, they get killed off in every podcast, but anyway, say for example, I've lost my parents. <laughs> God love them. Um, they are so very alive, thank God. But um, say, for example, I've lost my parents. Do I subscribe? Is it gifted to me by maybe the funeral home or by a friend? And how does that, what's the logistics, I guess? Uh, yes, it can work in all sorts of ways. So often it's that the funeral home or their hospice or um, an organization purchases it, purchases it and, and passes it along to you and says, you know, if there's something that can help you with your grief this year. But people also just buy them themselves on Instagram and we do have gift subscriptions as well. So you people also, you know, it's less than the price of a bouquet of flowers really to give someone a full year of support as a sympathy gift. Okay. So all three of those things happen. I love what you just said about the don't, don't, don't. That's my absolute pet peeve. I say it again and again to anyone that will listen. If we keep telling people what not to do, then it's our own fault if people are too afraid to say anything. <laughs> They're just creating this fear that, oh my gosh, what if I say the wrong thing? But of course, the only wrong thing is to vanish. And all of this kind of fear-based thing, what if this and don't do that, I think is a real disservice. It's so much, what we see each and every day is that people do want to help, 
and with a few simple nudgings and encouragements and reminders and specific suggestions, they're very pleased um, to do it. And it's, um, yeah, I think all the don't, don't, don'ts are a real problem at the moment. Yeah, they're really, they're just not helpful at all. It's People will just don't do anything then, exactly. Right, because um, then you just freeze, because then you think, oh yeah. my goodness, what if I do say the wrong thing? Yeah, well, that's it. And, and honestly, I've yet to come across somebody grieving who was violently upset at somebody saying I'm sorry for your loss like if that's even if in the moment it's the only thing that you come to mind because it's the most generic thing there is out there it's still as long as it's said with some sort of authenticity then it's fine yeah. um so now hiding in the bushes <laughs> yeah <laughs> I gotta have that yet um so my next question I guess would be so so say again sorry mom and dad so say they passed away and say the funeral home has gifted me with this how do my friends get involved or how does that work so you add them in so whoever the subscriber is the griever owns their subscription for the year and you can edit it and change it as you like it takes five minutes to sign up so you share as much as you're comfortable sharing but as long as you tell us your name and the name of the person that's died um, and your birthday so that we just know that you're not a teenager or whatever, um, you will get a full 12 months of messages, at least twice a week, extra ones on whichever holidays you tell us are important to you. If you tell us that Easter and Christmas are important to you, then you'll get messages around those dates. If you choose to share the date that your mom died, um, you would get messages around that. And then you okay. have the choice of adding in some friends who want to support you, and then they will get um, messages as well. Too. Okay. Yeah. And the, anybody uh, that anybody can stop and start whenever they want, they just text back stop and start stop. so people can okay. take a break if they want to. And yeah. yeah. And I have to ask, I'm hoping the answer is no, but I have to ask, has a text ever gone awry? Has it ever gone, you know, poorly or badly? Or has there ever been a terrible story or, you know, where not necessarily your fault, but for whatever reason? something we've, we're, we're pretty obsessive okay <laughs> and we have a bereavement team that's looking carefully at we see cued messages for the next day so we're quite careful we haven't had we i've um earlier on when we were still sort of you know just had 40 or 50 subscribers and we were practicing we had one where because we didn't originally well first of all we launched the company in february 2019 and then a year later a global pandemic began so we had had to add a cause of death to the system, which we never really imagined doing. So we added this whole new cause of death, which meant that messages that had been tagged for certain causes of death needed to be re-tagged. And, it, and in right. that shuffle, we had, um, it was a stillbirth, stillbirths are very tricky for us system-wise because you don't talk, about, you could say your baby was stillborn as opposed to died or and so we had one where luckily it was a test account, so it didn't go to a real person, but oh, you know, there was a, a mix up where it seemed as though the person had lived a life, like share a favorite memory oh, of your time yeah. with Susie. Right. And Susie being but stillborn. Susie had been stillborn. Yeah. But oh, luckily God. it didn't actually. Oh God. Yeah. Cause like, but... I mean, the only fear I guess I would have with something like that, and it can happen to anything, anyone, any, uh, you know it doesn't necessarily apply to just text messages is that you know working in this business you know somebody could pass away today and a text message could land in two weeks time and that somebody else could have passed away on them or some other catastrophic mm -hmm. terrible thing and suddenly you've got this text message and you're like 
I, yeah. I mean, I try to live, I will tell you that the first year or so after I quit my job and we were sending the texts out, I would just lie in bed thinking, oh my gosh, like, you know, uh, exactly, exactly those kinds of worries. Yeah. Um, but I've actually come around to a different thing, which is to live what I just said was we, we have to be based, we have to live driven by love and not fear. So if we help a thousand people and one person gets something that wasn't spot on well so be it and so sort of a year into the journey I was able to make that adjustment to myself and just think Emma you're you sold your house you quit your job you're spending all your waking hours trying to support grieving people and the people around them so if someone gets something that's not exactly right you're gonna forgive yourself that that miss it hasn't happened though um but the other thing but the other thing I'd say is that we started Last September, we started surveying. So let's say a hospice or a funeral home buys a whole package of subscriptions, gives them out, then we can actually survey their users and ask them about the experience. And it's absolutely overwhelming. Like our average positive response rate is like 96% giving as a five out of five or four to five for, is it helpful? So in fact, in fact, not only have we not had the mistakes touch wood, but it's generally a really positive experience because we remember all their important dates and we use the name of the person who's died and we're being very supportive and empathetic and practical and giving them resources specific to stillbirth if their child was stillborn. You know, it's very, it feels very personal for people, I think. It's great. Um, it really is. And I was having a conversation with somebody um, just today where, you know, we were talking about how the industry and I know some people, some of my listeners don't like me calling it an industry, but sorry, I'm going to keep calling it that. Um, how they, uh, you know, when a family walks into a funeral home, they really are so dependent on the funeral director's expertise. And as we all know, you know, you're a human being, I'm a human being we all have different capacities for expertise and we all have different areas that we shine in and things like that. And it's really just come to my attention that, you know, family comes in and they sit down and if, for example, you mentioned Katrina Spade and her, you know, natural uh, decomposition um, and turning into a so into soil, um, she, you know, if a, if a funeral director is maybe extremely old school or doesn't sort of update on new trends and new, um, you know, disposal um, methods, they may never offer that. Um, right. And that's that's where it kind of becomes a little bit more serious than just the person sitting in front of you not having the expertise. And I found that quite a lot. Um, I've actually just did a celebrant service today too, actually. And um, it, it's, it shocks me every day how few funeral homes here in the US know what a celebrant is. And to me, that's an old trend at this point. <laughs> that yes. I'm kind of like, what? We're eons yes. ahead talking about other things. So yeah. um, we, I am absolutely so, on a similar vein. It absolutely boggles my mind each time we speak to large, you know, mental health providers where their therapists have no bereavement experience, for example, at all. Um, we had a, a launch meeting yesterday with a client that was actually, they operate multiple um, organ procurement uh, wow. organizations and tissue banks. So they want to provide grief support to their bereaved families, the people who are the, the families of the donor of the organ. But they have like one bereavement person in one state and thousands of 
death is no way that that person can speak all the languages that the families might want or have all the expertise in both suicide loss and accidents and traumatic loss and cancer loss. It's impossible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I agree. We have these industries um, full of, you know, well-meaning, lovely people, but the scale of the need is, is large and also diverse, right? People are yeah. looking for support yeah. and can't find what they need. Yeah. And that's it. And I mean, I guess with what you're doing, the fact that you're sending, which is where we all look these days is at our phones and you're sending that those resources. Yes. The advice and the, the warm uh, words, but equally the resources that somebody might need in that moment or can pass on to somebody else. Um, I mean, it's the first place we turn to for anything these days is online and even more so we have online now in the palm of our hand. Um, and in some ways the world is getting, it's getting nearly even more fragmented, but it's getting more together in some respects, you know, um, like the internet is bringing us all together, but it's equally putting us in little pockets. Um, so, you know, it's trying to, I can, you know, I'm not a funeral home, but the old community that was once there is not uh, i mean in new york city here it's, yeah. it's such a diverse city you, you it doesn't matter right. where you are you co- you can't physically speak to everybody in the community it just doesn't work that way whether it's language or culture or whatever that might be um now are you in the uk and ireland as well are you global we are. Or, yes we're delivering text glo- yeah we're delivering text globally now um and i think we're in we're in so far, we have subscribers in 18 countries, and we're offering support in 14 languages so far. Um, the UK um, is, um, you know, I think our third or fourth biggest location at the moment and growing. Wow. Um, and yeah, there's been actually quite a lot more happening in Ireland. I think, I, I think that really just word is spreading, and people are hearing about what we're doing and discovering us wherever wherever they are which is really lovely well and it's exactly you know what we just said about the world you know is so transient we're moving around so somebody who might have used your subscription service here in new york might move back home to ireland not me or they add a a supporter in you you could be in new york and grieving but your auntie's in england and exactly yeah i think like the technology thing about it's we're so low tech compared to all the technical things that are out there. You don't have to download anything. You don't even need an internet connection. Um, There's nothing to install. Um, Which honestly is great. People are always surprised to hear that 15% of our subscribers are over 65 um, because it's text. It feels personal, private, and easy, and we don't really think of it as technology. Yeah it's the thing that we have and we use it to 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 connect with each other and we have people that we had a one a man this week who i think was in the uk and he uh, was like oh my goodness i've accidentally deleted all the texts you've sent me can you send them back to me i, I want to keep them all and we said yeah absolutely Aww. we can go back in because people keep texts yes they do and think of them as personal and because the text messages are written you know, hi Jennifer, we're sorry your mom has died. Now I'm now I'm yeah. sorry, mom. <laughs> yeah. But because they feel personal because they have everybody's names in it and yeah. And people hang on to them. Yeah. It's quite it's that's quite amazing that you wanted them resent. That's brilliant. And you could yeah, you have it was lovely. 
That's really yeah, nice. Yeah, it was lovely. Yeah. We said, well, we sure, we can resend them back to We had a, yeah. a girl named Renee um, who was 17 when her mom died early in the pandemic. And she said to me that, she said, oh, I haven't deleted any of them. I wait until after third period and I can go in my room and I'm more of an introvert. So I don't want to go in a support group or do another Zoom meeting, but I like mm-hmm. having my texts and I can be in my room and think about my mom and read the different tips and suggestions and mm-hmm. think about her. Wow, that's really powerful. So nice. That's, yeah, it's really uh-huh. nice. It's great to know that you're impacting people that way. Um, yeah, that's why I tell now, people. Um, people on, always, my mother be like, oh, this job must be so depressing. And I said, it's, no, it's the opposite, actually. It's very yeah. heartwarming, wonderful, rich work. And I'm sure you find the same um, when people yeah. feel supported in their grief, when they can talk about the experience they're having. It's actually very profound and uplifting. <laughs> It really, really is. It's I um when my family say it to me after a celebrant service or a memorial, um the way I describe it is, even if I'm devastated and crying myself in the moment for the loss that these people are are suffering, um it's weird because my I feel like my heart grows bigger each time. Yeah, like it's right. just like I have a new family now that I've added in. It's like my little tree of life, like a new little branch. Because you're always a part, you're an intrinsic part of that family history forever because you were a part of, of that day so yeah it's, it's a it's a really yeah, that's nice beautiful thing um now i do have a question um before we sort of let you go or whatever um is you were you mentioned about katrina spade and obviously all that she's doing um and the fact that your friends maybe this will be biased i don't know but what are your thoughts on the future of the funeral business and whether it's disposition, whether it's funeral homes, you know, brick and mortar, all that sort of stuff. Have you any thoughts on that? Yeah. So about three years ago now, um, Katrina and I and four other founders started a little Slack channel that was just for people who were doing startups in the end of life space. And at last count, three years later, there's about 450 founders that we've brought into this. It's incredible. Wow. So some people are doing wills, um, home hospice, body disposition, direct cremation, turning bodies into diamonds. I mean, all of the, all of this incredible amount of um, innovation, but also deep care and people coming back to death care. A lot of the founders are women. Um, I think going back to how death used to be treated, and, and thought of and incorporated into our lives as opposed to being this separate separate thing. Um, so palliative care in general, I just think that there's a massive amount of care and innovation happening. Um, and that every single founder that I talk to is there because they didn't have a good experience for some reason, right? Um, the home hospice wasn't able to come to the house. So they didn't know that the dad had a bed sore. So the something, something, or, um, they didn't have the documents that they needed for their mom or whatever it might be. So people, it's, I think it's hard work and well meant and people trying to find ways to improve the end of life experience for people. And I, what I'm seeing is that there are funeral directors that see that they can become more service oriented, that they can educate themselves about all these other things that people are asking for and offering and making it a more 
you know, you use the word industry, and of course it is an industry, but it doesn't want to feel like that in the moment no. for the family whose person has died. Yeah, We know it's an industry, we know that money is changing hands, but there just feels to me to be a lot of innovation and a lot of real heart mm-hmm. um, entering the space and changing things quite drastically. Yeah. Like quite drastically. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's definitely, it's one of those watch this space you know, I think mm-hmm. the next decade is going to really show its colors. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it'll be very interesting yeah, to see all of these innovations. I mean, I've been in it for now for a decade, which is crazy. But um, there has been some innovation and some of them have faltered and fallen, you know. So that's where it's interesting is, you know, who has the, the longevity to stick it out. And mm-hmm. that's what makes me a I little feel as if That's what makes yeah, me a little I feel bad. as if. I feel as if obviously not all of the 450 new companies are going to succeed. So let's say half of them do or whichever. Um, It's such a volume of work and a shift in thinking about, and it's, and it's impacting consumer desire. It just feels more and more and more that people as consumers can start to think about what they want for their own death. Do I have my paperwork in order Have I understood what these things will be? How would I want my body to be taken care of? So there does feel like there's a cultural shift and we're seeing it. I think, I don't know how many of last year's like Netflix hit series were all like death and grief, right? Everything from um, afterlife to flea bag to there's just more and more severance discussion of or awareness of um, the experience, it seems. Yeah. And so as consumer demand shifts, then the industry will have to. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's it's the final taboo that's starting to be, you know, come out of the mm-hmm. closet. Um, yeah, well, so. thank you so much, Emma. It was wonderful speaking with you. Um, and you do have a special gift for anybody listening, correct? Yes, we do. That's right. Yeah. Thanks for reminding me. There's $10 off full year subscriptions for your listeners. They just need to... Um, Go to grief.coach slash TGR podcast. Perfect. Or actually, they can just go to grief.coach and use the code. And yeah, so that will mean a full year of support for them. Plus, they can add their supporters in for $89. Well, thank you so much. We'll put all that information below. And it was wonderful speaking with you. And thank you so much. Lovely chatting with you too, Jennifer. Thank you. your thoughts on the grief coach texting technology would you use it do you know somebody who could shoot us an email glamreaperpodcast at gmail.com and as always let us know your comments and thoughts in the comment box below we'll talk to you soon